Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, first off, I want to start with some lightheartedness, which is, my God, did you all check out the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend? I had the lovely opportunity to be on air with my friend, Eamon Mohedin, with a panel of just fantastic folks to talk about, you know, the president's agenda, but then be able to give uh, live reactions following the set by President Biden and then by comedian Roy Wood Jr. And I got to tell you, one of my co-panelists had said that he believes that this was President Biden's uh, re-election campaign launch. And I got a 100 percent agree. I think that Biden was funny as fuck. The jokes, particularly those that landed on DeSantis, those poking fun at himself with regard to his age. I thought that he showed wit. I thought that he showed grit in terms of laying out both the seriousness of bringing back Brittany Griner, the seriousness of the protection of the First Amendment, and then being able to weave in and out of jokes and then kind of kid and joke around with the audience, you know, off script. He really showed his nimbleness. And I hope that we see that Joe Biden on the campaign trail, because I think that if that Joe Biden, you know, dark Brandon, frankly, is on the campaign trail, I don't think that Republicans stand a fucking chance. I don't think that Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis stand a fucking chance because he is a real person and not some fucking culture war zombie. And I I loved every moment of it. And I was pleasantly, as I have been throughout this entire administration, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised in all the right ways. I want to transition now, folks. Uh, Coming up next is going to be our guest, um, return guest, Kyvin Shroff, who is a political influencer and attorney 
talking about in a lot of ways, one, the rise in gun violence, two, the rise in violence against LGBTQ plus people, also touching upon the Dominion case. And just a note that we pre-recorded this interview before we knew how the Dominion case was going to turn out. So obviously you all know now about the $787 million you know, settlement as well as the continued fallout uh, with regard to the firing of white supremacist handmaiden uh, Tucker Carlson. But I want to talk for a moment about the attacks on the LGBTQ community, particularly the attacks that we are seeing specifically targeted at trans youth. And I came across the most disgusting politician to date. And that is, you know, really that it is a it is a deep barrel to go in, you know, to find and pick somebody out that is absolutely abhorrent. But I got to tell you that Carrie Seekins Crow, a Republican out of Montana, takes the fucking cake. She is the sponsor of a bill that would deny trans youth gender-affirming care, right? And, and what is gender-affirming care? It is the ability to begin to take hormone blockers so that you can fully be able to live within your own skin, right? That you can be who you are. And I just want folks, even if you are not a medical professional, if you, you know, oh, I don't understand this quote unquote trans thing. The only thing that you have to understand is that when people tell you who they are, how they would like to be addressed, how they want to show up in the world, and it is not causing you harm, it is not causing your family harm. It doesn't present any ill will whatsoever except for you to provide them with the dignity and the respect that you would provide anybody else. And if you can't do that, then just, you know, get the fuck out of their way and allow trans people to be able to live free in this quote unquote democracy. That's the only thing that you really have to understand. Carrie Seekins Crow doesn't understand that. Not only does she not understand it. But when presented with the very real statistics that show that trans people who are unable to receive that kind of medical intervention, the rates of suicide skyrocket well above what is the national norm. And when presented with that information and also having lived with a daughter who apparently had suicide ideations. She said this, quote, I prefer my transgender daughter commit suicide rather than allow her to transition. That is a city member of an elected body. Whooshing death on not only her daughter, but the entire trans population, rather than allowing them to transition. No one 
should have the authority and the power to stop people from becoming who they fully are. She is not God. And even if you are an atheist, who the fuck is she? When I saw, because here's a full video, folks. This is just, this is just one of the quotes of many that she gave in a speech on the floor of the Montana House. And I got to say, what a absolute piece of fucking garbage. These are people that call themselves pro-life. You are a pro-death, hateful, immoral fucking party. And it isn't just this woman. It is people that vote for this woman. It is people that stand by this party because they believe this toxic shit. This goes along with fucking Greg Abbott, who was moot the entire time that the country is reeling from yet another mass shooting story that when Greg Abbott finally says something about the family that was gunned down, including a nine-year-old fucking kid in their home, that he didn't refer to those people by their name. He didn't refer to them as neighbors. He didn't refer to them as humans at all. He said that they were five illegal immigrants that were killed. Fuck you, Greg Abbott. Fuck the entire Republican Party. Fuck this woman. Carrie Seekins Crow. They are waging war. And we keep pretending that they can be reasoned with. You cannot reason with somebody who wishes death on their own fucking child. It makes me sick. It makes me ill. The kind of America that we are living inside of right now because of their dark, twisted, fucking, white evangelical Christian fantasy that they want the rest of us to live in. It is a nightmare. But this is who they are. So believe them. You cannot change the hearts and minds of people that have no heart. Coming up next, my conversation with Kyvin Schroff. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Folks, I am so excited to welcome back to Woke AF Daily, Kaivon Schroff, who is a progressive influencer, New York City-based public interest attorney, congrats, uh, and former Clinton campaign alum. Um, Kaivon, you're you're everywhere and you're doing everything, um, but you just also recently finished a fellowship uh, with Every Town, the gun right, uh, the gun. Uh, reform um, advocates. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to just share with folks um, about what you were working on with them. Absolutely. So as we know, gun violence remains one of our most pressing crises in the country. And there's new strategies that people have been thinking about to solve this problem. And we've seen over the COVID pandemic, specifically states like New York and others pass these laws to try to allow lawyers to hold the gun industry accountable, just as we've done with big tobacco and the opioid industry suing for industry accountability. Unfortunately, there's sort of a roadblock to this model because unlike any other industry, the gun industry is accorded special immunity by federal law. So these are new laws that basically are workarounds and carve outs that you can still sue retailers, sellers, manufacturers who you know are targeting children or engaging in other reckless behaviors um, that contribute to gun violence. Now, the main problem with this idea is that we don't have a supply, a pipeline of talent to become the next generation of gun violence prevention litigators. So as you just mentioned, I just graduated law school last year and recently became an attorney. You know, there was no clinic on gun violence. You know, you have an immigration Mm. clinic, women's rights clinics, really important clinics. But this is also a really important issue and particularly an issue that Gen Z now of law school age is incredibly passionate about. So I think it's a real missed opportunity and, you know, perhaps more harshly, a dereliction of duty to not have a class, a clinic, some resources for students to plug in, learn how they can be part of this movement in a major way using the law as a tool. And, you know, beyond law schools, of course, you know, we need big law firms to jump in on this and give pro bono time and hours. And, you know, every lawyer has to do what we call CLE, continuing legal education. And, you know, we need programming on that. So state bars across the country understand this, these issues, these new tools, um, and that they can be part of the solution. You know, I think it's really interesting that you bring up Big Tobacco, because as we have watched, um, you know, there be more mass shootings this year than days um, in, in the year thus far. And as more and more young people, particularly Generation Z, who are on, I, I, I continue to say that they're on the front lines, you know, uh, of this. They're in, you know, they're in uh, school, um, whether that be, you know, in finishing up uh, in high school or in college. Um, they are the generation that has lived through active shooter drills their whole life. Um, but when you bring up big tobacco, 
you know, at one time, we thought that tobacco would never be sued, right? We thought that, you know, there that this is just, it's a too, it's too big of an industry to take on. So can you talk about some of the similarities that you see in how uh, legal outlets were able to pursue over many decades, right? Able to pursue um, accountability on big tobacco and how you can see some similarities in how that kind of strategy can be used uh, with with guns. Absolutely. So this theory of a change kind of more generally is called industry accountability. And so that's the bucket we're in. And with big tobacco, you know, they were sued largely over sort of marketing to children, sort of all these reckless behaviors and practices. And then there was a consortium of attorney generals, basically, that got together to negotiate um, ultimately was what was a lasting, you know, agreement to bring that in- industry into better compliance. And with the gun industry, the challenge is this federal law called PLACA, the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. And this gives a lot of protection even to behaviors that I think a lot of people would consider pretty irresponsible. And so the new approach, and it, this is where we di- sort of divert from that tobacco model, is these new laws like New York's passed and other sort of civil avenues towards accountability. Um, and, you know, it really is sort of a moment of like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks because these are new laws. Obviously, they happened, you know, around the timeline of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision, which was a major blow to, you know, progressive gun reforms, a really reckless decision, hard to justify or defend. But of course, that's the court we have today. Um, so lawyers need to be really creative about, you know, not only pushing back on that decision and sort of, I think, boxing really the Supreme Court into, you know, a position where they can't reconcile that opinion with some future cases that are coming down the pipeline, but also see what these state laws and what state courts are willing to do and how they're willing to interpret and sort of take action on this issue. Um, So it'll be kind of something to be watching very closely in coming years. At the same time, you know, once we find out that it works, we'll want to charge ahead. And as I sort of started, you know, we need law students and others to be engaged in this new legal space. You know, I, I, I want to touch on something for for a moment, which is that, you know, after uh, the Tennessee mass shooting happened in uh, at the elementary school. Yeah. There was a uh, state rep who went on air to say that he was contacted right away by the NRA. Right. Um, reminding him and others how they had voted that they are being watched. How would you think about not only the manufacturers, not only the sellers, but how you would be able to to sue, to litigate against the NRA for what many have seen over decades as pressure campaigns, open threats that they have had? I mean, they have been sued on or investigated over their tax filings and their business entities, but in their political lobbying and their and the stances that they had, they've really changed strategies. So what would it look like to go after an NRA as a whole? Well, so I think some in the gun movement have really done a good job sort of having the NRA on their back heels. Um, you know, they have all those bankruptcy issues and we're sort of handling all the investigations you, man- you mentioned. 
What the problem is for the NRA, I mean, the power that they wield is over these Republican politicians kind of acting, you know, in state legislatures and at the national level. And if you as sort of you referenced, right, they just called that Tennessee lawmaker. They also I just saw, you know, at their recent convention of sorts, you know, said, let me remind you the power that we have over you and your careers, basically a threat. I mean, a blatant threat. And frankly, you know, knowing what the NRA is all about, perhaps a violent threat, you know, if you read between the lines and you don't have to read that closely. Um, so it's a, it's a scary organization. I think the issue is really the manufacturers here are really the focus. The NRA, yes, they are sort of this umbrella. Yes, they do wield this political influence and power. At the same time, I'm not sure that they're moving the needle much on their end. If In fact, they're kind of dying um, mm-hmm, to some mm-hmm. extent. Uh, I think the other thing, though, to be wary of is also ghost guns are now a new phenomenon and a new problem that we have to regulate where that is very hard to get data on to hold those people accountable because they're hard to trace. And it's hard enough, actually, to bring these lawsuits as is with traditional guns because the data and access to where the guns came from, who sold them, how, how the person that used them in a crime got them is very hard to access. Oftentimes, law enforcement isn't forthcoming with that information. So it's a concern. And I think the other thing to think about is the extent that other states are responsible for damages caused in states with good gun laws, right? Like I know right. after that, there was a recent D.C. shooting. And of course, I tweeted something about it and, you know, got all the sort of right wingers to comment, you know, well, D.C. has such strong gun laws. You're an idiot. This proves that they don't work. Actually, Virginia has incredibly weak gun laws. You yes, know, they do. We know the gun came from there, but, you know, at least in New York, uh, most crime guns come from out of state, from state mm-hmm. gun laws. And so those states are, you know, causing crimes to happen in our state. We shouldn't accept that. And I think that should be sort of an issue that gets focused on more. What do you think about the kind of, you know, show de force of the Republican, you know, potential candidates for president at the NRA's convention just, you know, a week removed from the shooting in Kentucky, a couple of weeks removed from the shooting in Tennessee. What do you make of how also their their relationship with the NRA and then this young voting block, Gen Z, that is very vocally anti-gun and of course they are because they're the so-called mass shooting generation right i mean we now have yes. people that survived a school shooting in l in k through 12 that are in college experiencing a second school shooting so it's just an insane level here and what i make of sort of the question you asked is the gun industry has their own big lie and that's the big lie that more guns mean more safe and it's actually the exact opposite we have data to show more guns mean more death, more dangerous scenarios, more violence. So we need to debunk and unpack that big lie in a major way. Even with COVID, we saw with COVID major spike in gun sales because every time there's a sort of crisis or there is a shooting, um, you know, people run out and buy more guns because they think that's the solution. And it's absolutely not. And of course, We've seen now, unfortunately, an example after example where there is a school security guard or there are sort of armed people on campus that do nothing to, you know, protect students or help the situation at all. So that's the only solution Republicans have offered. And it certainly, you know, is not an appropriate one. And I won't say the only one I saw on your TikTok. You uh, posted a video of 
this teacher kind of pulling out a sort of um, divider in the classroom. Oh yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Builds an impromptu the bu- the shelter in place. Yeah, uh-huh. bulletproofs like build out in a classroom. You think that's the solution? I mean, it's absolute insanity. Laughable that they're proposing things like that. And of course, worth noting that those solutions are expensive, and of course, not going to be installed in any sort of poor, low-income schools where a lot of these shootings are happening in public schools, another part of sort of the GOP's war on public education. I continue to say that we we live in such a dangerous country. And one of the things that I am, you know, curious about is whether or not you're going to see other nations begin to issue travel warnings of coming to the United States because it is so dangerous. Um in the way that they would issue travel ones, oh, don't go to Mexico, don't go to Venezuela, don't go to Colombia because of, you know, the, the war on, you know, the drug wars and all of these things. And I think to myself, well, you can be in Texas, Tennessee, Florida, and there are concealed weapons everywhere. What And those are destinations um, for, you know, for a lot of travelers. And, and I wonder if that, if a hit, if, you know, let me ask you this, if a hit to our tourism, if a hit to our true public image, you know, would be the thing that you would say, oh, maybe this is when we make a pivot. I think that would be incredibly effective to quantify. I'm sure there are people already going through that sort of analysis and making those decisions. Now, again, of course, media gets to drive a lot of these threads and narratives. But what would be interesting, I mean, how about a report on the different states that have been you know, suppressing rights and also having these insane gun laws and how that's impacted travel. Like, I I absolutely know at least five plus people that would have gone to Florida a couple years ago that will no longer go there on a vacation Mm -hmm. because they just are concerned about what might happen to them in that state. And I'm sure that's true of many other states where these sort of new, really reckless laws where the idea is to have guns literally everywhere um, is scary. Who wants to be around that? Who wants to go vacation with a million guns around them? Nobody. No, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like a place I want to travel to. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Switching gears, uh, we have been following on this show the Dominion lawsuit, um, the 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 lawsuit that Dominion has filed against uh, Fox for their consistent coverage of the big lie and spreading of the big lie. And we've seen a lot in terms of depositions that have been leaked that tell us that Fox o- operates one way in private and a whole other way when they are in public. Um, And just recently, uh, without citing a reason, according to the AP, the Delaware judge that is overseeing uh, the voting machine case that is a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit um, has announced that he's delaying uh, the start of the trial until Tuesday. Um, What do you make of of the delay and what do you make of what we have learned thus far the public has learned i mean the public that doesn't watch fox because we know they ain't covering it um but what do you make of what we've learned thus far although just on that point it's amazing Mm -hmm. you know the situation fox has gotten itself in because even fox viewers some percent of them have said that they've lost trust in the network since this case has you know been brought and i think what i make of this delay is it does seem like you know the judge wouldn't allow for this delay if there wasn't some sort of real or credible you know sign from both sides that perhaps settlement negotiations were progressing in a positive way. But at the same time, you know, and you're seeing online already, a lot of people, and this is sort of the double-edged sword, a unique example, double-edged sword of winning the court of public opinion is that so many people are excited about this case as an avenue to hold Dominion, I'm sorry, Fox News accountable and really don't want to see a settlement here, even though, of course, you know, often that is the case that we'll see a big case like this settle just before trial is about to start. Now, to think about why Dominion might settle and sort of the leverage they have here, they're suing for both economic damages and then punitive damages. And the distinction there is that you can really only recover your actual value lost under economic damages, but there's no cap to punitive damages. So they could really settle for a very high dollar amount. Um, And so obviously that's on the table. Now, I think what people like me are hoping to see and others who do want to see Fox held accountable is that if they were to settle, it would come with some sort of, you know, apology requirements or public statement where my personal preference that, you know, Tucker Carlson and all these other hosts have to get fired. That would be amazing. But um, so I think, you know, we might see some sort of um, creative settlement if we do see one. You know, one of the things, too, and I I have said this and I know that the FCC does not cover um, uh, uh, Fox and and, and cable news in that in the in their jurisdiction. But, you know, I I have often said, Kaivon, that when we go when you watch shows, any streaming shows, you go to the movies, what have you, there's a warning. Right. That comes up that says nudity, that says strong language. It says smoking is even present on on a show. Um. And that was a push. That was that was a lobbying effort over years and years and years. And I've said, why can't viewers of Fox? I'm not telling you what to watch, 
but you should know that what you're watching isn't news. And right before any Tucker Carlson show, any of these people's shows start, it should say, right, warning, this is for entertainment purposes only. I think that's a really great idea. Um, and actually, I think we see in the UK and other places, they do take actions like that, and it is effective. What's even more, I think, the point is that journalism is very much sort of a self-verifying industry. Um, just like, and this is a function of Twitter sometimes, for better and worse, it's kind of who do reporters, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and Washington Post, say are valid and accredited? Who does CNN have on? Who does MSNBC have on and say this is a legitimate reporter who's part of our profession? You can trust them. And I think for far too long, other reporters at established mainstream institutions sort of under the guise of civility or professionalism, some mm -hmm. sort of misguided um, approach have really embraced Fox News as colleagues, as, you know, people they're going to kind of go grab a beer with after covering a story. It's totally unacceptable. And they're really betraying the American people by doing that. I understand you want to be nice to the guy sitting next to you at the press briefing, but you are betraying your duty as the fourth estate if you're going to pretend and tell people and legitimize this as a news organization. And let's be clear, there are no quote unquote real journalists at Fox News. I mean, as we've mm -hmm. seen, right, Brett Bayer's implicated in this lawsuit. That's their guy. Mm -hmm. That's their one example of a legitimate reporter that everyone always cites. He's a total hack. Why did we see Jake Tapper defending Fox News during the Obama administration? Mm -hmm. Right. This is not new. They've been who they are forever. Yeah, it's you know, I, I think that, again, it, this swirl of kind of where we are, where we are, we, st we started off, you know, talking about guns. We're talking about, you know, the, the spread of misinformation um, and the fact that I think, you know, and let me ask you this last question. Generation Z seems to be the generation that is actually not playing games, that they are very conscious and aware because all of the bad decisions, bad policies they've had to live with and will live with exactly. into the future. So what do you see as do you see hopefulness in this generation that they're going to be able to right the ship that has been so wronged? I absolutely have a lot of hope for even younger millennials and Gen Z. I think yeah. our generation and Gen Z have really have an insight that, you know, the people in power, often older folks, don't have. But I do worry that, you know, time is running out. Like mm -hmm. people ask me, you know, uh, this all the time or about climate change, all these issues so important. But right now, frankly, if Joe Biden does not win the 2024 election, I don't have hope for any of those issues. I think our country will be in extreme peril. And I think one of the things that concerns me is there was all this urgency in 2020 when you still had Trump in the White House. And I think that was really in people's minds and in their face every single day. I think some people kind of feel there's been this sort of exhale moment where Joe Biden's been in office for a couple of years. You don't have sort of a tyrant in the White House, uh, you know, destroying democracy from within day after day. But at the same time, you look across at what's happening at Tennessee or you look at Republicans rallying behind a Black Lives Matter murderer a guy that killed a Black Lives Matter protester, and now the governor of Texas just wants to pardon him because white supremacist Tucker Carlson demanded it. And that is psychotic. So I think, I hope people understand that democracy is still in decline. We need so much more time. Yeah. We absolutely not only need four more years, we need, you know, probably a decade at least to course correct all of these issues. And 
not even just the issues, the policy issues and the laws that have been passed and the rulings that have been unethical, but to re-educate our society because they've mm-hmm. been poisoned by Fox News. They've been poisoned by Donald Trump over and over. And that will be very hard work to undo. Yeah. Kaiwan, as always, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. Tell people how to follow you and how to keep up with all yes. the latest. Well, always great to be back. And uh, please follow me on Twitter at Kaivon Trost, K-A-I-V-A-N-S-H-R-O-F-F. And same for all handles, Instagram, TikTok. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for making the time. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.